what a lot of people don't know about ketamine though is that it's one of the most powerful psychedelic experiences a human being can have i mean like honestly like we have people having divine experiences where they go to oneness or they meet god or they're in the presence of the creator of everything people sit with jesus during their treatments sometimes people sit with angels during their treatments Sometimes people will actually go back to a past traumatic experience that they've been through and watch it play out from a third party perspective where there's no feelings or emotions attached to it. So you can process it, release it and let it go. I actually think it's one of the most therapeutic compounds on the planet. And the reason is, is because it's very different from the other psychedelic or hallucinogens because it's a dissociative. And when people get into a disassociated state, the mind separates from the body and it removes the active blocks that are holding past repressed traumatic experiences so you can truly process, release them and let them go. everyone welcome to another episode of psychedelic conversations we have charles patty in the house welcome charles it's a pleasure to have you uh, thank you so much for having me today for sure and for our listeners just wanted to um, introduce you say a little a few things about your background and then we'll take it from here so you are a chief brand officer of myself wellness academy clinic based in bonita springs florida the clinic serves clients locally and from all over the country and the world. You are on a mission to disrupt and, and disrupt the mental health industry by showing that psychedelics, psychedelic ketamine therapy is a long-term solution and effective uh, alternative from the conventional medication. And you are here to heal and transform communities um, and to hopefully bring psychedelics to homes as an alternative medicine for healing so what brings you to this work charles what's the personal story behind uh, behind all of this work that you're bringing to space so psychedelic medicine saved my life um i suffered from depression anxiety and post-traumatic stress disorder it all started uh when my father passed when i was about six and um, ultimately that led me to self-medicating with alcohol at a very early age. And after, you know, having, you know, a couple glasses of wine when, or a couple sips of wine, like with my family when I was very young, I felt this sense of relief, like instantly. And I was like, oh, okay, this is the answer. Like, this is what I need in, need in my life. And um, it ended up leading to a lot of other substance abuse issues uh, throughout my life. I, uh, you know, I self-medicated with cocaine and heroin and all kinds of different drugs. And it was through the use of psychedelic medicines, I alleviated all of that out of my life, all along with meditation, breath work, healthy lifestyle changes. Um, it wasn't just drugs and alcohol that I medicated with, though. I medicated with food and sex and scratch-off tickets, like gambling and things like that. Anything to take me outside of myself. Um, I even got to the point where I weighed 300 pounds at one time. And so I it was really through the synchronicity of the universe. I, I had taken, you know, a lot of psychedelics through my life, um, not for therapeutic reasons, kind of just more as an escape mechanism. But one night i had a very different experience where i had used um some mdma and right when the mdma was starting to kick in i had a dissociative like ketamine experience uh i i used some and right when that started to hit it was like the entourage effect it was the perfect storm of the two medicines and i looked around and everybody that was in the room with me i said if i didn't know what the universe was about before i know what it's about now I said, everything's made of energy. I go, and I'm so full of a positive energy right now. I sat down in a chair and everything broke down to a quantum state. I could literally see all the atoms vibrating and everything. And I really knew that, you know, everything was made of energy at that point. 
Um, I looked up and a geometric portal was opening above me on the ceiling and I felt like I was being loaded down into a slingshot. And next thing I knew, I was skyrocketed out of my body into deep space. Um, I could see like, you know, stars and galaxies and I thought I was dead. I uh, looked down and I was a being made of light. And then um, I was in contact with some higher dimensional beings or, you know, angels or, you know, ETs, whatever, whatever label you want to put on it. But um, I was spoke to telepathically that night and I was told that I was supposed to get my life together and I was supposed to heal myself so I could help other people heal. And, you know, even to make the experience, you know, more amazing, um, you know, Jesus ended up being there. And I am not a religious person. I want to go ahead and say I'm not here preaching to anybody or anything like that, but it was my experience that night. And when I put my hand on Jesus's arm, it was this explosion of like the most loving euphoric feeling that I had ever felt in my entire life. And I knew that everything was going to be okay after that, but at the end of that experience, when I came back down into my body, I didn't have anybody to integrate it with. So this is why integration is so key. I probably would have had a lot of success on getting myself together faster after that, but I actually felt more alone than I did going into it. So you know, over the course of like the six month, next six months of my life, I, I watched the spirit molecule by Dr. Rick Strassman, probably, you know, 50 times, just trying to process and figure out what had happened to me that night. And I kept, you know, I had been researching, you know, like, you know, ET experiences, uh, you know, ketamine, you know, trying to figure out what happened and DMT kept popping up. So I'm like, okay, DMT, I need to, you know, I need to get a hold of this. I need to figure it out. And then about six months later, after watching the spirit molecule and doing all this research, the synchronicity of the universe brought it to my life. And, you know, and I had a lot of very profound experiences from using that compound, still no integration and kept, you know, falling back and relapsing on heroin and other uh, substances like that. And I ended up getting really strung out for, you know, years after that. And it got to the point where I knew that if I got a hold of some DMT and used it therapeutically, like I had been researching, that I could probably kick my opiate addiction. So, you know, I set the intention, put the polarity out into the universe, and lo and behold, the universe presented it for me again. Um, I smoked the DMT that night, and I went to an alternate universe where there was a bunch of different beings there, and they were all cheering and chanting for me and telling me it wasn't too late and that I could do it. So immediately after that experience, I detoxed myself from heroin. Um, I was actually still using cocaine and alcohol in my personal life, uh, you know, following that experience. And so I had always heard Terrence McKenna talk about the five gram trip, you know, like, you know, take five grams of psilocybin mushrooms and pitch black silence, meditate on it. And, you know, you'll get answers and, and, you know, secrets of the universe. And I was like, all right, well, you know, me being the overachiever that I was, I'm like, I'm going to take six grams. And I took six grams of penis envy. Um, I meditated in my bedroom in pitch black silence under my comforter. And all of the sudden, I started to leave my body and I was journeying out into the middle of the universe to where I became one with everyone and everything. And then I became one with God. And then I was God. I was everything. I was all of it. And when I came back down into my body that night, I realized that every time that I was taking drugs and alcohol, I was literally poisoning God. It was this shell-shocking experience where there was a lot of crying, and uh, it was a very emotional night for me. Um, I was apologizing, you know, to the universe and God and to myself for all the years of abuse that I had put myself through. And I was like, okay, well, you know, it's time to really get myself together now and start treating myself accordingly like the extension of the divine that I truly am. So I started going to the gym and I started exercising and eating healthy and, you know, eating all organic and spring water and meditating and doing breath work. And, you know, it, it's, this is the, the healing journey and not the destination, but, you know, life keeps on getting better and better. And it got to the point where I had healed myself through the medicine enough to where I was actually in another field. I was in the, I was doing PR in the electronics industry. 
and I went to a trade show in Mexico and I was out at dinner with all these different CEOs of these major companies. And I'm like, so, you know, talking about DMT and psilocybin and MDMA. And of course, nobody knew what I was talking about. They all thought I was just talking about drugs. Um, and so I came back from the trade show and my fiance, Christina, was at home with our six-month-old baby at the time, Charlie, who is actually uh, almost about to turn four now. And I sat down with her and I said, so listen, I go, if I went through 20 years worth of misery and I don't use what helped me to help other people, it was a waste of 20 years of my life. So let's take a leap of faith. And it wasn't really so much a leap of faith because I had had a DMT experience that kind of led me in this direction and told me that I was supposed to do it. Um, but I, so I listened to the medicine, but convincing Christina about that was a little bit harder, <laughs> but she was very supportive. And so we wanted to, you know, start a wellness center where we'd be doing, you know, meditation classes and yoga and stuff like that. And we wanted to get into ketamine therapy because we knew that was the entry into the psychedelic field. And uh, it was the synchronicity of the universe. It, it was like somebody waved a magic wand and everything synchronistically started falling into the place. You know, the, the doctor fell into place and he was a mutual friend of ours. And we had asked him if he would be our medical director from some, we thought Christina was going to need uh, a medical director for some of the aesthetic procedures she was going to be doing. And at the end of the tour of the clinic, he looked at us, he's like, have you guys ever heard of ketamine before? And we were like, yeah, we have. And we really want to get into it. He's like, oh, let's do ketamine then. And then now our medical director, who is Dr. Andrew Ferber, who is a legend in the field. He's amazing. He was friends with Ram Dass and Timothy Leary. He lived with Osho for 20 years. He came into the equation and now he's our head psychiatrist and medical director and everything just kept unfolding. We um, opened up a week before the lockdown of the pandemic. And that was probably the hardest time in the history of mankind to start a company. But we used the laws of attraction and stayed positive and kept moving forward. And now fast forward to where we're at. We've done around 6,000 ketamine treatments from our facility. We've helped hundreds and hundreds of people get off their pharmaceutical medications. Um, an intramuscular shot of ketamine at the right dose is very comparable to an hour-long DMT or ayahuasca session. So we have people having these profound healing experiences at our clinic. And we're really, we're, we're doing the work. And, you know, this isn't just a job for any of us. This is our passion and it's what we really live to do. So I know that was a lot. No, that was that was brilliant and it's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. I think yeah. our listeners would appreciate that because it's always good to have a context and and uh, you know what brings you to this space. Do you believe that the stronger the transformation that individuals go through, the the motivation and inspiration is equally directly proportional to the level of transformation the person goes through? So a lot of the people that I speak to on this podcast are highly uh, driven and motivated are the ones that actually gone through a very, very deep transformation themselves. I, I guess that plays a part, right? Yeah, honestly, like, let's put it this way. This has not been an easy three and a half years, especially at the beginning. It was all in a leap of faith. We took a small business loan out and I sold a Rolex that I had from years ago and we just rolled the dice if it wasn't for the passion and the purpose of doing this, we probably wouldn't have made it. But I also knew that, you know, from being the, uh, having the, I am the, I am experience, you know, if I am the, I am, and so are you and we're all it, then I can manifest anything I want. I just have to keep on moving forward and never quitting. You know, I'm, I'm really at a, a point in my journey where I realized that everything, everything happens exactly the way that it's supposed to. This is the synchronistic flow of the evolution of consciousness. So every single thing that I went through in my life, whether it be, you know, the crack addiction or the heroin or the food or the, the gambling, sex, whatever, I, all of those years, which I didn't realize at the time, led me to exactly where I'm at now. So it's like, there's nothing else for me this is my purpose. My, my purpose is to be of service to humanity and let people know that no matter how far they think that they've gone in a, in a direction that, you know, you can't pull yourself out of that. There is hope that, you know, like if I could do it, anybody could do it because I was really in a very dark, dark place for a lot of years of my life. 
And that really, you know, sparked that flame. It ignited that torch for me to be like, I'm either going to make this happen or I'm going to die trying. You know, there, there was nothing else for me. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm actually very grateful for all the dark days that I had now, because if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. And I love my life now. Yeah, that's exactly what I meant by having that leverage. Yeah, I see that as a leverage. I think a lot of people who commit, are really committed and stay committed are the ones that have gone through a lot of dark places. Yeah. So I really appreciate that. Um, why ketamine? Um, is it, is it simply because it's a legal way to get into the medicine or is it, is it, why was it the the ketamine? Well, like I had some incredibly profound experiences on ketamine years ago. Some of the most like the, the Jesus night that I was telling you about it, it's, it's, it's ketamine. Basically it, it, it's, it's, it, it was another uh, research chemical that's a dissociative with a longer dissociation than ketamine. Um, but it's basically the same thing. And I knew that ketamine was the foot in the door. I mean, you know, ketamine's the Trojan horse of the psychedelic renaissance that's underway right now because it made it through, it slipped through the cracks because it's a dissociative rather than a hallucinogen. So like when Nixon went and made all of the other hallucinogens schedule one, ketamine made it through because it's an anesthetic. So I knew, you know, what a lot of people don't know about ketamine though is that it's one of the most powerful psychedelic experiences a human being can have i mean like honestly like we have people having divine experiences where they go to oneness or they meet god or they're in the presence of the creator of everything uh people sit with jesus during their treatments sometimes people sit with angels during their treatments Sometimes people will actually go back to a past traumatic experience that they've been through and watch it play out from a third party perspective where there's no feelings or emotions attached to it. So you can process it, release it and let it go. Even though like, and I know we have a ketamine clinic, but I actually think it's one of the most therapeutic compounds on the planet. And the reason is, is because it's very different from the other psychedelic or hallucinogens because it's a dissociative. And when people get into a disassociated state, the mind separates from the body and it removes the active blocks that are holding past repressed traumatic experiences. So you can truly process, release them and let them go. One of the great things about ketamine is because of the anesthetic properties and qualities of it, it relaxes you. It's like a chemically induced meditation at the deepest level possible. So like when you take psilocybin or other psychedelic compounds, you might get that tightness in your chest and the tryptamines are starting to like really make you feel like almost full of anxiety, uncomfortable. When ketamine is administered and it actually starts to take effect, it's like, it's like people usually look around, they're like, wow, I feel really good right now. And then they close their eyes and it just sends them into this completely profound healing experience. So it's like, I really feel that in, in a way, it's the most profound psychedelic experience that a human being can have right up there with a DMT experience. But that being said, though, I think it's great for an entry level for people getting into the psychedelic you know, world or of healing because of those tranquil qualities of the medicine that really relax people into it. You know, most people will have a negative feeling or scary experience because they're scared going into an experience where it's like, oh my gosh, I'm starting to feel altered and funny. Like, oh my, am I safe? Am I safe? And that's what sends people on these negative spins where ketamine is very euphoric feeling it's very relaxing it's very calming and so when the medicine does start to hit the majority of our clients feel so good going into it that they have these really profound beautiful experiences yeah that's uh that's amazing thank you for explaining that so when does it become psychedelic does everyone can everyone experience or is it the certain setting how does it work is it the dose all of the above so believe it or not, like a lot of clinics out there that are doing ketamine therapy aren't doing psychedelic ketamine therapy. And, and I don't think it's like a malicious thing. I think that there's just a lack of knowledge and experience in psychedelics. Um, you know, 
when anesthesiologists use ketamine uh, in the OR or the operating room for surgeries, you know, it's like th these are, you know, sub psychedelic doses, but there's other medications being mixed with it. And so like when ketamine was kind of started, these clinics, you know, it's this 0.5 milligrams per kilogram, which is the, you know, the gold standard more or less. And this is what, you know, the majority of the country is doing out there. And the truth is, is like, that's not a psychedelic dosing protocol when, when we, and, and I'm not knocking everybody, anybody out there. I swear, I support everybody that's in this field. I'm, I'm grateful for everybody that's helping people out there. But when you're talking about a psychedelic dosing protocol, it, it's very different than that. And, you know, when we started the clinic, you know, like Dr. Ferber's first LSD experience was in 1957 in a clinical study. I mean, like, you know, talk about like being a, being one of the originals of, of this field or, you know, really being there pioneering it. Um, so when we opened up the clinic, I sat down with him and some other psychonauts that I knew. And I was just like, all right, like, let, let's put a psychedelic dosing protocol together for the medicine. And we put what we thought would be the most effective psychedelic dosing protocol together. And then we all did it. Like we all took the medicine, Dr. Ferber did it. I did it. I, you know, and we crafted it even from that, from our own experiences with other psychedelic compounds. I think one thing that, you know, I can say is that people need to realize in this industry and field that there is no box, meaning like even with dosing protocols, the proverbial box needs to be thrown out the window. It doesn't exist. Sometimes we have 115 pound women that need to be dosed heavier than a 250 pound guy. Um, it's really about going to a place that's well versed in psychedelic medicines. Like every single person that works at our at our clinic, every single one of them, from our doctor to our clinical researcher, uh, our nursing staff, everybody's done the treatments. Like we've all done it. We all have other experience with other psychedelic compounds. And then when people go into their treatments and they have it, when they come out, we ask a lot of questions, you know, like, you know, did you have an experience? Were you present in the chair the whole time or were you somewhere else? You know, like these kind of questions where Dr. Ferber and our clinician, our clinical staff can get together and really gauge where to move forward to make sure that people are having these very profound psychedelic experiences. Mm, that's very helpful. Thank you. Yeah. So the mechanism of mechanisms of action uh, with ketamine, I've heard that it's not the direct serotonin to a receptor, which is the classical psychedelics. Uh, as you said, it's a, already a dissociative um, anesthetic almost. So, and is there a pushback because a lot of people are addicted to numb out, um, use it to um, escape, uh, and a lot of young people I am aware of are addicted to ketamine. So is that going to be, how do you tackle with this issue? Because people are, we're still very young in the beginning of like educational space. So how do you tackle this whole, you know, escapism versus healing properties? It's the intention. You know, I, I really feel that, you know, whoever is prescribing this medication or, or approving people for actual treatments needs to know what they're doing, like, like really needs to understand the medicine, needs to understand people's intentions going into this kind of stuff. I mean, listen, you know, I, you know, ketamine really did get a bad rap. Okay. Just because like, you know, of the, the rave scene and, you know, is that a horse tranquilizer and all of this kind of stuff. And, and like, yeah, you know, it, it was abused in the rave scene or in, in the EDM scene. Um, yes, it is a horse tranquilizer and it's so safe. They use it on all kinds of different animals. It's because the safety profile is so amazing. But what I would like to say is, you know, anything can be amused. Anything can be misused. It's the intention of the person going into it. So like, like me, when I used to take copious amounts of psychedelics when I was younger, and I mean, I had some really profound experiences, but like nothing was really therapeutic about it because I was, you know, eating handfuls of acid and going to concerts or, or, you know, going to a rave or something like that. And like, you know, even though I do think that there was some benefit from it, um, but nothing like what you would get if you're putting the right intention behind it. So like when somebody has the intention of healing and they come to our clinic, 
that's usually exactly what they get. You know, you come in, you, we, you, you put an eye mask on you. We have meditation music or healing frequencies, or sometimes people will just put earmuffs to completely block the sound out. And it's used as a tool for meditation. You know, you set your intention and then, you know, you go on your healing journey. People in our field, ketamine treatments aren't exactly very cheap. Um, especially, you know, in a place like this with a full medical team. Uh, so it would be much easier for somebody to just go find ketamine on the street or recreationally somehow and abuse it that way. But I really feel that, you know, like when it comes to substance abuse issues, like we're having amazing results with it. You know, a lot of people don't know this, but Bill Wilson, who was the co-founder of Alcoholics Anonymous, he actually used psychedelics to heal because the intention was there. Not probably the first time when he was in detox, they gave him a belladonna extract. Um, and he had this white light vision of a society of alcoholics helping each other stay sober. And, you know, so basically, you know, AA or Alcoholics Anonymous was pretty much spawned from a psychedelic experience. And then 20 years into Bill's recovery, he actually used LSD to heal his own depression. He wanted to incorporate LSD into the 12-step program as the 13th step, but since it's a program of abstinence, uh, people weren't really hearing that and, and didn't want that to happen, so it didn't. But I can tell you from my own personal experience with a lot of uh, my friends who are in the recovery community, I have people that have like 10 to 15 years worth of sobriety under their belt, and they're coming and doing treatments at our clinic. And they'll come out of it and be like, this is the first time in a decade I've really been happy. Or like, you know, because the alcohol and the drugs is just a symptom of an underlying issue. And this is going to like abusing ketamine recreationally. This is when we're self-medicating some underlying issue. We're not getting to the root issue and the root cause of why people are suffering. And me going and snorting a line of ketamine somewhere is not going to do anything near what coming to our clinic and doing an intramuscular shot of the medicine as a tool for meditation is going to be doing. You know, this is a, I've actually been asked the question before, do you think you could cure ketamine addiction by using ketamine? And I actually think you probably could if you did it properly, because you know, when people are doing bumps of ketamine, they're not really going into these completely disassociated places. A lot of the time, it's just making them feel looser and they're going to the club and dancing and stuff like that, or they're just escaping by doing it. Where we're talking about when people go through our protocol of six treatments at our clinic and do it the proper way, people are achieving anywhere from like 10 to 20 years worth of talk therapy. They're processing traumatic experiences, you know, sometimes from when they were a kid that they didn't even realize that they needed to go back and process. So I really feel that, you know, it's got a lot of negative, um, it's got a lot of negative connotation that's been attached to it for a long time. And I don't think that it's been given the respect that it should be getting because it's an amazing healing medicine when you when it's utilized properly. Yeah, that's I believe it's a case for all psychedelic medicines, I guess. I call them medicines by the way, and sometimes people say, Why do you call them medicine like ketamine, MDMA? But they are. Uh, yeah. and I love the word you use, meditation. That's the difference. I think um, as I said, we're still very early in the educational front, but I think as we change our perspective and association with these medicines as meditations to actually go in and face and have the setting and the capacity and people that are handholding and mentoring and therapeutically, um, that changes everything. Yeah. So I'm very fully aware and our listeners are always, um, you know, ask us these questions as well in the West. I think we are kind of trying to undo a, a, a massive detrimental, um, it's an issue. It's an issue because, um, now that the psychedelics are being mainstreamed, everybody wants to learn, but now we have this big shadow of the stigma that we are simultaneously dealing with as well as trying to help provide the right services. And then now we have to do the education. It's all happening all at once, which is beautiful. And someone like you talking about it as a meditation tool, coming in, healing trauma, processing, I think it's a, it's a, it's a exact thing. 
that we should be talking more about. So thank you for that. And the other yeah, thing my pleasure. Like, yeah, the other thing I wanted to ask you is um, why is an effective effective uh, tool for coming off the traditional or the um, medications? Like why would it be effective in that sense? What does it do different? Or is it just, again, for all psychedelics or is it specifically for ketamine? Um, so, you know, I, I, I call a lot of the pharmaceutical medications that are that are out right now, you know, the Band-Aid. I mean, it, you know, we're in this pharmaceutical paradigm where, you know, you have a symptom or you have anxiety or you have depression and I'm going to give you this pill. And then the pill is going to take the symptoms away. And then if you stop taking the pill, the symptoms are going to come back and they'll probably come back even worse than they did the first time. What ketamine is doing is very different. Um, it actually goes so whenever we've had any kind of traumatic experiences in our life or just even through the course of life our neural pathways in our brain actually get damaged and when the neurons are trying to flow through these pathways they start to bounce off the walls which can actually cause a lot of the symptoms of depression anxiety and post-traumatic stress disorder Ketamine's going in and physiologically remapping and restructuring the neural pathways in the brain, actually sprouting something called new dendrites off these pathways. It's causing new neural connections, new neuroplasticity in the brain. Uh, the best, best uh, analogy I can give you for neuroplasticity would be like, think of our, our brain like a, like a mountain that had that people ski down. Okay. And it has these tracks that people constantly ski down the same track over and over again and these are our thought patterns these are our uh, our the, our daily program what we do in our lives and new neuroplasticity would be like a new layer of snow getting like snowed right onto this mountain and then we get to put new tracks new daily practices and habits in, in, into place. This is why, you know, and I, I want everybody to know this, that like at our clinic, we don't preach the medicine or like I don't preach the medicine. I think the medicine's a tool. It's a catalyst. It gives you the opportunity to truly grab the reins of your own life. This is when the new neuroplasticity is happening that we start teaching our clients about meditation, breath work, healthy lifestyle changes, changing your diet up, all of these things that are the real recipe for long-term success with the medicine. Because as cliche as it sounds, if nothing changes, nothing changes. See, we want to, this is a control alt delete for the old program that no longer serves us. And it allows us to put a new program of healthy living into place. And I think this is why one of the reasons why we have such a high success rate at our clinic is because, you know, well, there's a couple of things when we first started is like, I didn't want to see people. I, I'm, we have a very different business model here. We're like, we have other services where we can get reoccurring revenue. I actually don't want to see our clients here relying on ketamine for the rest of their lives. This is why we do a psychedelic dosing protocol. So we're getting to the root issue and not just treating the symptoms. And also we teach people about all of these other things because that's going to give them a much higher success rate than if we were just like, okay, come in, we're going to hook you up to a IV of ketamine for 45 minutes. You're going to feel a little bit floaty and then you'll probably feel better for a couple of weeks. And then your symptoms are going to come back. You know, ketamine can be a part of this pharmaceutical paradigm that we're trying to get away from. Also, if you're underdosing people with the medicine, you know, when you do a lower dosing protocol on people like the 0.5 milligrams per kilogram, it's not getting them into a disassociated state. They're still very present. It's kind of like feeling like you're on a benzo like Xanax or Ativan or something. People will feel floaty and they might, you know, feel a little bit disoriented, but they're not going to have these profound healing experiences. And it's a little frustrating for me because I hear a lot of the, the doctors and professionals in the industry that I have a lot of respect for talk. They, they'll be like, well, disassociation doesn't matter on the medicine. It's, it doesn't really, it's not really that important. And it's like, I know, first of all, I, I am not a medical professional, but I completely disagree with that statement. I think that disassociation is probably one of the most important factors because it's when the mind separates from the body and it allows us to unlock these past traumatic experiences so we can truly process, release them and let them go. That's not the 
treating the symptom paradigm that's getting to the root issue and the root cause. And so I think that if you're, if people are that are watching this podcast or are thinking about going and, and seeking ketamine therapy, do your homework and do your research and make sure that you vet the clinics that are out there. Preferably you would want to go to a place where the people that are running the clinic have personal experience with psychedelic medicines and ketamine. Um, or people that, you know, have a, you know, high success rate for helping people have these profound healing experiences rather than just going and, you know, receiving a ketamine treatment. That's very helpful. That was going to be my next question. How do people screen? What should they look out for? And uh, yeah. thank you for sharing that. That's really helpful. And I have learned that you've also contributed to a documentary. Is that something you would like to to share? Uh, the ketamine yeah. experience, the documentary? Is there more of your wisdom and information in there? In the- yeah. So, so, so believe it or not, we do have a documentary called Lighter and it still has not been released yet. Unfortunately, we've done a couple of public viewings. Uh, I believe in the synchronicity of the universe. And I think that it's going to be released at the exact perfect time, but it has an amazing lineup of people like Dustin Robinson, who's Mr. Psychedelic Law, Dr. Michelle Weiner, who's doing amazing things in the ketamine field. Dr. Andrew Ferber, our, our doctors in it, um, and my personal journey and some of the clients that we've treated is in it. And so I really hope that it's going to, I really think that it's going to help break a lot of the taboos and stigmas associated with the medicine. We do have a Facebook page for it. It's called Lighter, L-I-G-H-T-E-R. Um, one of the reasons that we named it Lighter is because people feel so much lighter coming out of their treatments. People will be like, oh my gosh, I feel so much lighter. Like a thousand pounds has been taken off my shoulders. And so, you know, I, I, I'm looking forward to the day that it does get released. That's brilliant. So we just kind of throw it out here. And then once it's out there, um, we'll, we'll add it. Maybe we'll have you back for a follow-up, you know, yeah, so you the time and the capacity. So the other thing I wanted to uh, touch on with you is the veterans. Yeah. It's the biggest issue right now. And uh, I'm glad that you are also doing work around that. Please talk to us about what, how can we do our part? So for our veteran community, this medicine is completely changing the game. Uh, We have veterans that are suicidal when they come into our clinic and after their first treatment, sometimes they don't want to hurt themselves anymore. Uh, My my favorite story to tell is of a, a veteran that came in and he was suicidal when he walked in the door and he looked at me and he's like, listen, man, if this doesn't work for me, I'm going to go home and I'm going to take my own life. And I'm just like, well, like just give us give us a chance man like just let us do our thing he goes in for his first treatment and when he's done I, I walked in and I said so tell me how was it and he goes I turned into a bird he goes I was flying over the landscape it was so beautiful he goes and I don't know how to explain it but everything's connected the answer is love and I don't want to hurt myself and so Ketamine is pulling our veteran community straight out of suicidal ideation. Um, we actually started a nonprofit organization called the Warriors of Consciousness. And it's a nonprofit that actually raises money for people that need access to psychedelic ketamine therapy. Um, it will be for other psychedelic compounds when it goes through, but I needed to make sure it's within the guidelines of the law so I could get politicians and other people involved in it because people really need access to this stuff. And it's actually not just for veterans. Um, we have treated 57 people for free through this organization so far. And, uh, you know, some of that was just Christina and myself actually donating the treatments to people. Um in the oneness or absolute of everything, you know, the person that's holding up a sign looking for their next meal on the side of the street that needs ketamine therapy should have access to it just as much as the person who can afford the treatment. So we're really doing everything in our power that we can to give as much access to the people that are still sick and suffering out there. And if anybody wanted to go to the website to even just look at it or or possibly make a donation, it would be great. It's W-O-C-F-U-N-D dot org. So wokefund.org. That's wonderful. I love the reciprocity. Thank you. Um, we'll add the link in the in the show notes as well for, Thanks. Our, for our listeners. Wow. 
This has been wonderful. Thank you for all the wisdom and everything that you're doing as your company and your mission. So just for our listeners, if they wanted to learn more about your work, your wellness, my wellness, um, my self-wellness, my self-wellness clinic, uh, what would you tell them? What are the um, sessions are like? Just the general information uh, would be lovely. So, so when somebody, if somebody was going to come in um, and, and seek out help, uh, first they would meet with Dr. Ferber. Um, he would do like a 45 minute to an hour session with them, teach them some meditation techniques, do the diagnosis. Um, then they would do a medical history with one of our nursing staff. And then our protocol is we do six ketamine treatments. You get so you get two total meetings with Dr. Ferber, one at the beginning and one at the end of the treatments. So after the six would be completed. So six ketamine treatments, two meetings with our psychiatrist, integration through the process of the treatments with our team. Um, and the price for that package is thirty-three hundred dollars. Uh, we do offer a five hundred dollar discount for our veteran community and for our first responders. And, you know, I, I know that it's not a cheap thing, but, you know, it does take a lot to run an actual medical facility. And this is also why we do a lot of donating as well. Yeah, that's really helpful. Thank you. And uh, what about the harm reduction side of it? Any contraindications, anything you'd like to add? So if somebody is, you know, they're actually, you know, I've heard stories about people with schizophrenia that they're actually having good results with ketamine. So I don't want to completely say that. And it's on a client to client basis at our clinic. Um, if anybody has like hypertension or incredibly high blood pressure, it could cause an issue, but we do have medication for that. So we can lower people's blood pressure. There's a little spike when the ketamine is administered and it does actually increase your blood pressure. But, you know, to be completely honest, Ketamine is actually one of, if not the safest, least toxic anesthetics on the market. It's so safe that they use it on children one and a half and older for surgeries. They use it on animals like horses and cats as well. Uh, if, if a cat was given any other kind of anesthetic, it would actually kill the cat, but they can use ketamine on cats because it's so safe. So the safety profile for this medicine is really quite phenomenal. And honestly, you know, like, I personally, I'll make this statement, even though I'm advised not to sometimes, but like, I don't think that there's anybody that really couldn't benefit from this kind of treatment one way or another. You know, this, I just did a, an interview about like, you know, how ketamine or no, I wrote an article, I'm sorry, about how ketamine should not be a last line of defense. I actually think it should be the first line of defense. And the reason is, is because, you know, why put people on antidepressants and these other pharmaceutical medications when we're getting people off of the antidepressants and pharmaceutical medications at our clinic, you know, there's actually clinics out there that, you know, you have to have been on two different antidepressants before they'll treat you. And that, that is not our philosophy here at all. Like we're not going to tell anybody we're more of a holistic type wellness center that uses ketamine therapy to get people off their pharmaceutical medications. So, you know, I don't think there isn't anybody out there that hasn't been through some sort of traumatic experience in their life. I mean, even with this, you know, whole 2020 COVID thing and stuff like that, I think, you know, I think it was Forbes that came out with an article that said something like 90% of the earth's population has PTSD one way or another. So don't think in the back of your mind that ketamine is something only for veterans that are suicidal or only somebody that has been through like these incredibly traumatic experiences. If anything, ketamine is tapping people into higher states of consciousness and it's really, you know, giving them ideas about how to live a better life, giving people the ability to love themselves for the first time in their entire life. And like, I know I had that from a psychedelic experience myself, but people come out of these treatments in tears and they're just like, I just love myself for the first time in my entire life. And it'll be like, you know, a person that's 40 years old, they just love themselves for the first time. So like, that's not somebody that's suicidal. That's just somebody that needed some healing. And I really feel that you know, everybody should consider if, if you're struggling through any kind of mental health issues or just going through anything in your life and you think you need some sort of help, I definitely would look into ketamine therapy because I think that it could be very beneficial for you. Yeah, uh, I love these insights fully. Uh, so one thing I wanted to just kind of bounce off of you as well, uh, your, what are your thoughts on that? So. Um, 
obviously I come from a therapeutic angle as well, uh, just because I live in the West and there is no, you know, I don't have the lineage that I can lean back on. Um, so there is this division happening, of course, with the uh, psychedelics being mainstreamed. So there are a lot of pushbacks about the clinics and being so expensive and not accessible. But coming from a um, trained traditional psychology uh, psychologist myself, I understand that, you see, um, it's not just easy as that. You know, people say, oh, people need communities. They don't need clinics. I understand that. But what I also understand that the trauma takes away the ability to problem solve and sense making. I think a lot of people struggle with um, finding the right direction, going to the right places, even like having, we can have so many communities out there, grow communities, but if people are not self-agent and they don't understand their own, they don't have the self-awareness to make discerned decisions, I don't think we can just kind of bring in the traditional, the indigenous or the, you know, olden sort of type of communities where they can just lean in on each other. I really do highly regard and I want to give credit to these um, clinics because you have the doctors in place, you have the nurses, you have uh, the checks and the, because somehow the Western people need a lot of education on this part and they need a lot, a lot more handholding and guidance until they're back on their feet. And I, earlier you said something that was really profound. You said, we're not trying to keep people on this medicine or, or this ketamine for too long. It's about transitioning. It's about finding themselves, um, going through that higher consciousness awareness and then moving on. And I really love that. I think this is how the medicines should be used in every setting. It doesn't matter where it is. Um, so thank you for saying that. I think this is really important for me. What are your thoughts on that with the medical versus, you know, other modalities? So. I think that the most important thing about life is to observe without judgment and remember that the answer is always love. Mm -hmm. That comes to this too. It's like, if somebody feels safer going to a clinic, I think that that's what they should do. I think if somebody wants to go into a community and have psychedelic healing with them, I think that's what they should do. I actually really think, you know, like I used to be more looking at things from like that other perspective and now it's my understanding that like the world needs access to this medicine or these medicines and it's not going to go mainstream that way i can tell you that 65 year old karen the soccer grandmother is not going to go and do something like that she's going to end up coming to a medical facility where she feels safe we treat a lot of law enforcement at our clinic police officers dea agents stuff like that like if I would have went to these guys who I'm friends with a lot of them and said, you know, Hey, listen, let's go take mushrooms in this community of people that I got. And like, it's really going to help you heal. They probably would have like thought about taking me to jail. But if I'm like, Hey man, I have a dissociative anesthetic. That's so safe. They use it on babies and you can come to our medical facility and use an FDA approved medication. And it could really help you with your PTSD and then these guys who are really by the book, like law enforcement guys, come here and have one of the most profound psychedelic experiences they could ever imagine having. And then they're just like, oh, my gosh, maybe I was wrong about the other things. Maybe I was wrong about ayahuasca and psilocybin and peyote and, and, and all of these other healing modalities. Maybe I should take a step back and not judge so much anymore. But when you're talking about, you know, going into the matrix, <laughs> the proverbial matrix or society, and actually spreading awareness about these healing modalities and not having that predeceived judgment where it's like, oh, this is just a bunch of hippies going and taking drugs together. And like, like I think that there's room for everything. I think that nobody should ever look down about the way that somebody's trying to gain access on their own healing journey, because that's one of the biggest things we promote and preach out of our clinic is that everybody is on their 
own individual healing journey. And we are here to empower and assist people on their healing journeys and teach them that they're their own healer and that we're just trying to get them in touch with that, whether they do it in a, you know, retreat or they do it in a clinic or whatever way they find access to it, whatever works best for them is what the best answer is. I love that. Absolutely. It's the best way to normalize psychedelic use in the mainstream. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Charles. Really appreciate your time and your wisdom. As I said, um, we have come to the end of our conversation. And what would you like to share as last words of wisdom? Anything that we left out? The same thing I just said a minute ago, because it's my favorite thing to say, is that I am the I am, and so are you. So just remember to observe without judgment, because we're all it. And remember that the answer is always love. I love that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I can't help but asking, what are your future projects? Like, how would you expand? What are you doing at the moment? I know you are delivering talks and you're always involved in the the education platforms. What are your future projects? Worldwide healing. Yeah. I am manifesting a healing organization that's going to help transform humanity to a higher state of consciousness. And I need a lot more than one clinic to do that. So, you know, putting the polarity and the intention out and letting the universe do the rest of its work. But, uh, you know, I want to have clinics all over the world and I want to have a lot of other things that I'm not at liberty to talk about right now that were kind of happening, but hopefully maybe in the future we could talk more about it sometime. Absolutely. That would be a pleasure. Brilliant. Thank you so much. And uh, hope to have you back very soon. All Thank the you. Best. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you have any questions, you want to share something about your experience, you want to get in touch with Charles, we'll have everything in the show notes below. And don't forget to comment, share, like. And I'll see you guys on the next one. Bye for now. Thank you so much for joining us. Psychedelic Conversations podcast is designed to educate, inform and expand awareness. For more information, please head over to psychedelicconversations.com. You can also share with your friends or leave a review so that we can reach more people. You can also join us in our private Facebook group to keep the conversation going. This show is for information purposes only and it is not intended to provide mental health or medical advice. Thanks for listening.